When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. Free agency rolls on. Clifton Brown is here to join me today, filling in for Ryan Mink. Uh, free agency is continuing, but it's been relatively quiet here. There's been some reports, but uh, as of this taping, the Ravens have not brought in anybody new. They have re-signed some of their current free agents or some of their players who were free agents. Of course, Geno Stone, Justice Hill, if you haven't listened to that episode of the podcast, which dropped last week when they were here to sign their contracts, go ahead and check that out. Also reportedly added Delshawn Phillips, brought him back, uh, special teams ace. Um, but other than that, it's been quiet. So there's a handful of Ravens players uh, who are certainly still out there on the open market. Marcus Peters, yep. Justin Houston, mm-hmm. Demarcus Robinson. Yep. And the receiver market in general in the NFL has been a little bit slow to develop. And there's been the latest on that front from a Ravens standpoint um, is that they reportedly brought in Nelson Aguilar, veteran receiver, former first-round pick. Uh, for a visit. So we're going to spend some time today talking about the receiver position, uh, the guys that are on the, out there on the open market, also uh, some of the players in the draft. Both Cliff and I were at the Combine yep. a few weeks ago, so we had a chance to get a feel for some of those players, meet them at the Combine, and just get a feel for, you know, a little bit of who they are, uh, how they operate, and uh, get to see them in person. So let's just start with you, Cliff. What's From a big-picture standpoint, what's your what do you make of where the Ravens are at this point of free agency, a week into the process? Well, you touched on how it's been pretty quiet, but I think from a big picture perspective, as far as a team that's needing wide receiver and cornerback depth, they're still in a good spot because this draft is strong at both positions. Mm -hmm. And specifically wide receiver, when you look at all these prognostications, you know, pundits predicting what the Ravens might do at 22, they have a chance to get, you know, three, four, or five different guys at that spot, uh, conceivably, at, at the position where they need. So, no matter who they like on the board, they should be able to get one of the top wide receivers if they just sit tight at number 22. So, from that perspective, yes, they can really do some damage here if they pick the right guy. Yeah. We'll get into kind of diving into the draft and also a little teaser here. We're going to have Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network. He knows the draft and the Ravens about as well as anybody in that space. And so we are going to have him on the podcast. Uh, We're going to catch up with him later this week for an upcoming episode. So make sure that you check that out because I'm going to be interested to hear what he has to say. He's he's the past couple years. uh, (laughs) It's been good. He's been good. He's been good. I always pay a little extra attention to who he's predicting for the Ravens to draft. So he's been really good. Um, 
you know, but in, in terms of the receiver class, like we kind of went into the combine with, with a lack of clarity on that group. And I do think the combine brought a little bit of that um, in terms of who the, the top guys will likely be. You never know 100%, but I do think that there's a little bit of clarity. Um, and then in terms of where the Ravens are, you know, and how they're approaching this year's free agency, it seems like uh, certainly Lamar Jackson is still, you know, unsigned. Um, and the hope is that, that the Ravens are able to work out a long-term contract extension with him. And um, he's in Baltimore for a long time to come. As of now, he's on the franchise tag, hasn't signed the franchise tag yet, which means that other teams could come in and make him one offer sheet. Um, and the Ravens, as we talked about going into this process, you know, they certainly need to maintain flexibility um, on the cap front in the case there were to be somebody that tries to make an offer sheet uh, to him that the Ravens would want to match. So, you know, the whole contract salary cap navigating is part of what's going on. I mean, that's something that every team has to deal with. The Ravens probably right now more than anybody else, considering, you know, the uncertainty regarding the cap and their franchise quarterback. Yeah. I mean, this has been a different offseason, no question about it. Um, you know, Eric DeCosta mentioned that at the Combine about how, you know, Lamar's situation isn't just operating in a vacuum. It affects what they do. However, as I mentioned before, I mean, coming back from the Combine, I love going to the Combine because, you know, I don't get a chance to be around – the college players during the season. And so when I get to the combine, I know there's going to be a lot of talk about football, get to see a lot of these guys, get to see a lot of my friends and not get much sleep. So <laughs> all, all that happened at the combine as usual. Uh-huh. But I come back with a better sense of players who just kind of having a gut feeling about how they would fit here in Baltimore. And again, there were quite a few wide receivers who I was impressed with their personalities. Um, you know, the numbers are out there about how they perform, but really, I don't really get caught up too much in those numbers. I more go back and watch what they did in college on film. And yeah, very impressive group of wide receivers this year. Uh, I'm impressed. Just, you know, the when you go to the Combine, it's always interesting because you have all of these people from around the NFL. It's like mm-hmm. this NFL convention and everybody's all in one place and you'll be sitting in line, you know, waiting for your coffee and there'll be a head coach or a GM right there next to you. It's always kind of an interesting week. The other thing that's interesting about the combine is that I don't think anybody runs that town more than Clifton Brown, folks. <laughs> I'm telling you, you can't walk down the street without this guy stopping to talk to six different people. Everybody wants to talk to Cliff. I know you worked in Indy for a little bit, but you know a lot of people there. Just across the board, it's impressive. I mean, it's like I'm like, am I? It's like a celebrity, man. You are a celebrity at the combine. I'm telling you. I'm just, I'm just old, dude. <laughs> <laughs> when you're around people, it's like people, the, he's hey, a mayor. They remember you, right? It's like you know, it's like you're sitting at a scene out of The Godfather or something. You're sitting at dinner. Everybody comes by to pay their respects to Clifton Brown at the table. Everybody's got to come by and kiss the ring. Yeah, well, I mean. It is a great place to pick up information. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we were sitting there having, you know, Bucky Brooks, NFL Network. Yeah. Walks by. I didn't even see him in the restaurant. Yeah. So, yeah, we go back a long way. So, yeah, we had an interesting conversation about the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I liked hearing outsiders' perspectives. I mean, we're so focused on the Ravens here in Baltimore, working for the Ravens, being in Baltimore, you know, covering the team. It's always interesting to me to get an outsider's perspective on where the team is, what they should do, you know. I, I just think you learn a lot getting a different point of view. So, yeah, from that point standpoint, it was productive. And, you know, Ravens, I mean, 
this is an interesting time for them, no question. Question, but Ravens have been through this through similar situations before, as far as you know, uncertainty with with a name player, uh, people wondering what they're going to do early in free agency, and this organization has a history of you know staying the course and putting out a product by. September, they can compete. And, you know, as Ozzie Newsom used to always say, you know, we don't have to win any games right now mm-hmm. in March. Uh, so don't get too caught up on where the roster is now. Let's see where things are, you know, four or five months from now. And I, I, have, a, I have a good feeling that when it's time to play games, the Ravens will be better and ready to go. But there's going to be some new faces as part of the mix, no question. All right, so – Let's look at some of the free agent receivers who are still out there on the market. And the receiver market has been a little slow to develop in comparison to last year. And some of the top players are off. Jacoby Myers is off the board. Mm-hmm. Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, Alan Lazard. Al- Adam Phelan became available and then signed. Um, but some of the players who are still available, Odell Beckham Jr., there's mm-hmm. been reports linking the Ravens uh, to having interest in him. You know, he's tweeted recently about how he's basically not happy with the offers that he's getting out there uh, on the market. No idea if that's from the Ravens or another team, but clearly uh, he's going to make sure that he gets a contract that he's happy with. He didn't play at all last year coming off the injury. Um, You know, all the reports were that when he had his workout, looked pretty good. Mm -hmm. Watched some of the videos from that, looked pretty good. Um, But is he going to sign a deal that he feels like is under market value? Certainly not. So um, I don't know how much he's looking for exactly. He said, I never said, his tweet was, I never said I need 20, but I said four is not enough. So <laughs> somewhere in that mix between four and 20 million, right. uh, I guess is what he's going to be looking for. Um, DJ Chark, still available. McCole Hardman. Um, and then I mentioned this earlier, but there was a report that the Ravens had Nelson Aguilar. Uh, in for a visit uh, last year with the Patriots. He put up uh, 31 catches, 362 yards, two touchdowns. Um, so what is your what do you make of the of the receivers who are still on the market in Aguilar uh, specifically? Well, Aguilar's a guy a couple years ago with the Raiders had his best season. You know, Philly, when they drafted him, was really, really high on him, thought he would come in and be a number one receiver. He didn't live up to that, that billing. But I think he's a guy who definitely having played in three or four different systems, you know, he's a, if he came here, he would be, I think, a person who would help them as a, as a whole in the wide receiver room. He's got experience. Uh, I think he's gotten better as far as, you know, getting rid of some of the drops that he had early in his, in his career. I think that he now, you know, has kind of settled in as a role-playing wide receiver in the NFL. So, yeah, I mean – He's a guy, obviously, who's a possibility, according to reports, for the Ravens. And he's going to end up signing somewhere. It's just a question of, I guess, money always and where he thinks he fits best. But I think the Ravens will bring a in a veteran wide receiver yeah, yeah. at some point. It's either going to be before the draft, after the draft. I just don't think it's going to be whatever they do in the draft is who they're going to go with. You know, it's possible they may trade for one, too. But I think the likelihood of them signing a veteran – is the most likely outcome, and he's one of certainly one of the guys on the list who who could fill that bill. Yeah, you mentioned his season with the Raiders. He played one year for the Raiders, twenty twenty. Uh, finished that year with forty eight catches, eight hundred and ninety six receiving yards, eight touchdowns. So pretty good season. Spent the last two years with New England. Uh, didn't put up numbers in that realm again, uh, but 
you know, former first round pick. And I, I agree. I think, you know, like we've always we've said in looking at this receiver group that the Ravens are going to attack it from a couple of different ways. So I do think they're going to add a veteran, whether that's through free agency or a trade. Um, and I think they're going to draft somebody. Like my feeling as of today, March 21st, is that they're going to use their first round pick on a receiver. That's the way that I'm leaning right now. Mm-hmm. But like, of, of course, that could trade if they were to bring somebody else in. But Eric Tacosta's taken two first round receivers. It would not surprise me at all if they went that route again. Um, and it's a talented group. So let's segue into the receivers in this draft class. When you left Indy, who did you come out of there saying, all right, that's the guy who I would prefer, like, perfect scenario. I want him there for the Ravens at 22. I would say Jordan Addison. Okay, is, interesting. Is, yeah, I mean, he's not the guy who tested well as far as speed, but I saw him as a player at Pittsburgh uh, with Kenny Pickett, and I loved his competitive nature, uh, his playmaking, his versatility, a guy who could line up, to me, anywhere on the field, and hurt defenses. And his route running, to me, is exceptional. He knows how to, you know, hesitate, use his body, set corners up. So the fact that he doesn't have blazing speed, I'm I'm not as concerned about that as maybe some other people would be. And I feel like one thing that I think Todd Monken is going to be able to do is take advantage of the speed that Bateman and Duvernay have. There's been a lot said about what the Ravens, you know, need a receiver, what they don't have. But both Bateman and DuVernay have excellent speed. So if you can get the ball in their hands early and then have a receiver like Addison who doesn't have their speed but certainly has the ability to get open, to me that's a pretty good combination. So speed is always good, but I like guys who are productive and can make plays on the field. And Addison strikes me as that guy. Um, loved what he did at Pitt, wasn't as productive the one year at SC, but, you know, a local kid who would love to come back to Maryland and, and play. He talked about, mm. you know, his family not getting him to see that play, getting him to see, play, see him play that much when he was at Pitt and certainly when he was at SC. If he comes to Baltimore, they're going to be, you know, loading up at M&T, you know, the Addison bus coming in every game. So, yeah, I think he'd, he'd be a nice fit for the Ravens, and he's my favorite guy on a personal note that I just feel something about him. I just like his swag, the way he plays. I think that, I mean, it, the, the, the hometown connection is not nothing. Like, I think that they're, if it, like, that's, I don't know. There's something there. Yeah. Um, I think that it would be great. I mean, I think that you, you, you asked him about it at mm-hmm. the combine and you could see him light up about mm-hmm. that possibility. Now I'm sure he's going to be happy wherever he ends up going, sure. but like playing for your hometown team like that carries some weight. His college stats, just you know, you mentioned his season at Pitt. So he started at Pitt, then he went to USC mm-hmm. last year. In 2021, at Pitt, 1,593 receiving yards, 17 touchdowns. Monster season. Definitely. Monster season. Monster. And then, and then last year, when he transferred and went to USC, uh, 59 catches for 875 yards, eight touchdowns. So he took a big step back in terms of his production. But that 2020, 2021 season with Kenny Pickett, I mean, it was a monster year. Right. So, I, I like him too. I mean, and it's not like, you mentioned the speed. He ran at the combine. He was credited with an official 4.49 40-yard dash. So, like, not blazing speed, but also 
like it's not like slow, right? Slow, <laughs> right? It's still a four four, right. barely. <laughs> right. It's barely in the four fours, but it's still a four four, right? And like, you know, it's not like you went out there and ran a four six, no. So no. like the speed, and I don't think that people looked at him as like this burner from the start, no. So like the speed probably confirms what the scouts and the experts would see on tape with him. Right. And also, like, the fact that that wasn't a powerhouse team he played with at Pitt. I mean, everybody who played Pitt that year knew that you got to stop Pickett, you got to <laughs> stop Addison. Yeah. And, and they're really, you know, if you stop those two guys, we're going to win the game. And even though they were the focal point of, you know, everyone on defense, he was still able to have that monster of a year. You know, a lot of it double team attention, putting a safety over the top against him. It didn't matter. You, you couldn't stop them. So even games that, you know, they were down late in games, still making plays. So, yeah, again, I just like that competitive nature. I always pay attention to guys who are on underdog teams who still do their thing despite being the guy that everyone wants to stop. That, to me, means, hey, you know, you're a tough guy to game plan against, and he fits into that category. Totally. So, all right, um, the other – Thing the or the other receiver who really stood out to me from from if I'm picking one guy, and I and I went into this, you know maybe it's my Ohio State homerism, <laughs> maybe it's that showing, Could be. but I really like Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh-huh. and it seems like that the likelihood of him being there at 22 after the combine is diminishing, and it's going to be interesting. They had Ohio State has their pro day on March 22nd, which is. It's just Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So by the time you're listening to this, Ohio State could be in the middle of their pro day. Mm-hmm. Jackson Smith and Jigba had a great combine, but he did not run the 40-yard dash. He said he was going to run it at the pro day. Some players wait, and they do it at that point. He did mostly everything else, uh, but did not do the 40. And the 40 is interesting for him because this is somebody who's coming off a hamstring injury that basically cost him all of last season. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he essentially didn't play last year. He says he's 100% healthy. He went through the other drills. He caught passes. He looked really good mm-hmm. at the combine. Mm-hmm. Six foot one, 195 pounds. So, you know, he has like the, the, the makeup. Not a huge receiver, but he has a good, he's a good size receiver. But the 40 is going to be interesting for him because I think there's a question. As, are you an inside guy or are you an outside guy? Ran a lot of the slot at Ohio State. And then also, are you healthy from this hamstring injury? Like, is this going to be something that plagues you your entire career? And you're never going to be able to get fully up to speed, or is this something that was a, you know, one-time blip in college, and now you put it past you? I think that forty will be telling uh, when he runs that at his pro day. But man, I, I like I like him. I mean, he put up more than three hundred yards and three touchdowns, fifteen catches the last time he was on the field, in in, in full capacity at the right. Rose Bowl, right. going back to the twenty twenty one season. So I just always think back to that season and that game, and you want to talk about people knew where the ball was going. Everyone knew he was going to catch the ball, and they couldn't stop it. And that was the that was against you know that was a that was a bowl game against the Pac-12 champs. Mm-hmm. So like, if he were to be there, I, I would have a hard time passing him up. I just really wonder if he ends up making it to that point. It just seems it just yeah. seems like you look at the mocks post combine mocks like he could be a top ten pick. Yeah, that's the way it's trending, especially if he blows up at the pro day. Everyone knows the town is there. I mean, if it weren't for the health concerns, I think that yeah. There wouldn't be any question marks about him. So that adds a little more uncertainty with him. But if you're asking me, do I think he'll still be there at 22, I would say no. Yeah. Um, 
So, yes, I mean, the Ravens will obviously do their due diligence on him. Um, if he is there, I agree with you, he might be hard to pass up. But I have a gut feeling that he's not going to be there. And I think, again, as I mentioned before, at 22, the Ravens can sit there and get a really good receiver. So this is a situation where, you know, guys will start coming off the board, I think, before them, you know, two or three guys. I don't think that's going to happen where they feel they may have to trade up to get any of them. I think they're in great position to get a talented piece who's going to help their offense, hopefully immediately. And that's another thing with wide receivers. Sometimes it takes guys a year or two to become who they are or who they're going to be as a wide receiver. Some guys never get there. And then there's other guys who step off the bus, you know, and Jamar start Chase. making – Jamar Chase exactly. is like, that's that's, that's the dream scenario. Exactly. Now, he was the fifth overall pick. Exactly. So – Exactly. You but have that, a higher likelihood of getting that when you're picking top five. Exactly. And it's hard. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot to ask for a wide receiver, you know, picking, say, 22, come in – get, you know, 800-plus yards as a rookie. Mm-hmm. But I think in this offense this year, there'll be an opportunity for someone to do that. I mean, I'm really impressed with, you know, you watch Monken's offense with Georgia, how many different ways they got playmakers the ball. And if that can be translated with the Ravens next year and you get a couple of playmakers, and Monken always at his press conference talking about getting guys in space. He kept using that phrase, you know, two or three times, like getting guys in space. If you can get one of these guys at 22 and then get them in space with the football, then you have the potential to be someone who steps in as a rookie and makes an impact. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We come back, we'll give you some other thoughts about the receivers in this year's draft class. All right, the sports landscape is always changing. This week is no different. DraftKings is a leader in daily fantasy sports, and it still has daily fantasy contests running for those who are looking to have skin in the game. So it's simple. Every player has a salary associated with drafting them. You assemble a lineup of players while staying under that salary cap, and then you sit back and you watch your points pile up. So now you know how to play. Download the DraftKings app. 
and sign up using the code FLOCK. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. Again, the code is FLOCK at DraftKings. All right, so in terms of some of the other receivers in this year's class, another guy I do want to point out, and it's hard, again, it's, it's hard to know exactly who's going to be there at 22, but Zay Flowers, I think, is somebody who is absolutely worth talking about. He had a solid combine. He ran the 40 in 4.42 seconds, so good 40 time for him. Highly productive out of Boston College. Now, he's a smaller receiver, 5'9", 182 pounds, so, you know, he, he doesn't have the size... Mm-hmm. Um, of either of the first guys, first two guys that we talked about, but he has that blazing speed. I think when I, you know, talked to some of the different people at the combine, he was somebody. You mentioned Bucky Brooks. I believe mm-hmm. Bucky was somebody who said he really thinks that Zay Flowers could be a good fit uh, in this offense because he has that that vertical ability. And like the one thing that I, you know, I, I do like Jordan Addison, but I what, when I look at him, I wonder is he like almost too similar to Bateman. Like at least based on like what I'm reading, it seems like there's a lot of similarities in their game. Good route runners, polished. Um, and that to me s- s- sounds a lot like Bateman. And so do you want just a, do you want more of a burner? Mm-hmm. And Zay Flowers could be that guy who has that deep threat ability. Well, Flowers, no question. Not only is he a burner, I mean, he makes guys miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, you watch tape of him. He makes guys – he embarrasses guys sometimes in open field. He is a tough guy to tackle once he gets the ball in his hands. And he has the blazing speed, as you mentioned, but he's also someone you can throw a 10-yard route to and he turns it into a 60-yard route Yeah. once he gets his hands on the football. So, yeah, Flowers is the guy. Mel Kuyper in his most recent mod draft, he had Flowers linked to the Ravens. I think a lot of people visually kind of agree with what you were talking about that – they feel he's a really good fit with what the Ravens already have. Yep. And bringing that person who definitely can take the top off the defense. So, yeah, I mean, that that to me is one of the interesting things about this draft. If Flowers, you know, is still there along with Addison, you know, who, which one would they pick? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, they you will Jaylen, know. Jalen Hyatt is another one who also another had a good, one. I mean, he ran the the forty and four point four zero four zero. Right, so blazing speed. Blazing speed, and he's bigger. He's taller, six right. foot, one hundred seventy six pounds. He's he's lean, but he's he's bigger than than Zay Flowers. Right, right. But has blazing speed. Which one would you take if they're all there? They all could be there. You know, Quentin Johnson. We haven't talked about him in TC. Yep. Another one. I mean, it, it's possible four of those guys could be on the board at twenty two. Do you t- which one would you take? Four, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So that that that's what's that is what is really one thing that I think from a draft standpoint that's going to help the Ravens in the receiver market. And this is different from last year. This is like the the opposite scenario from last year. So last last year, all these receivers fly off the board right early, right, and then all of a sudden the Ravens pick at fourteen and they trade Hollywood Brown. And depending on who was there, they may have considered taking a receiver, but nobody expected Kyle Hamilton to be there, so you end up getting Kyle Hamilton. You're mm-hmm. thrilled about that. But, uh, like, all those receivers flew off the board early in last year's draft, and no quarterbacks went. Right. And it's different this year. The first four picks in the draft could all be quarterbacks. Yep. That possibility exists. Right. And so that means that it pushes the receivers down. Which helps the Ravens. Which right. helps the Ravens. Yeah. Now, I... I I don't think it's going to be a scenario like it was in 2019 where the first receiver off the board was 
Hollywood Brown at 25. I no. don't think we're going to go to that extreme. Right. But maybe two go before the Ravens? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think this is my guess is it won't be three. It's just like once right. it starts, that's what you. I just wonder, does the run start? And it's like, I just always, you just feel it. You feel it when you're watching the draft. Right. Even if it's not the first round, second, third round, all of a sudden it's like, okay, now there's been five receivers in the last eight picks. Mm-hmm. Like the run is, the run is happening. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, given the way that this position has been prioritized around the league, if we're going to get to draft night and we're sitting there and it's like, oh, okay, like all of them are on the board at 16. And then it's like 16, 17, 19, 21. You know, it's like, okay, right. they start flying. And that's where it'll be. I've said this before, but I think that Eric DeCosta and the Ravens do a great job of having a feel for right. where guys are going to go right. and which positions teams will, will pick. And so then that allows you to be patient if you feel like, okay, we're going to have our pick of three different players. Mm-hmm. Um, because given the ammo that the Ravens have, I would be a little surprised if they're able to move up. They already only have five picks. Right. The second-round pick was Roquan Smith, basically. So I, I have a hard time seeing a scenario where they move up to get somebody Agreed. in the first round. Agreed. But, again, I, I don't think they'll be in panic mode at sitting there at 22 and the wide receivers start going. I think that there'll be one of these guys that we've talked about. At least I don't see a scenario where none of them are there or there's one guy left and they're really not that high on that on that particular wide receiver. I think there's enough talent at this position where at 22, they'll be able to get somebody who helps them. If they choose to choose a wide receiver, it should be somebody who can come in and make an impact right away. Yeah. So the one other guy I want to mention is uh, Quentin Johnston. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like, when you talk about the big bodied wide receiver, right. that's him. I mean, he's the big, tall, deep or uh, red zone threat type receiver at a TCU. 6'4", so like, yeah. you you like the big Julio Jones right. body type receiver, AJ Green body type receiver, right. like that is what Quentin Johnston is, and played a huge part in TCU getting to that national championship game last year. Um, he doesn't have the blazing speed of a of a Jalen Hyatt or Zay Flowers, but he has the the physical makeup. Right. So, what is your take on him? My take is a guy like that. You should not overlook because, you know, how many times last season were we talking about, you know, finishing drives, you know, with touchdowns rather than field goals. He's a guy who, as you mentioned, in the red zone, definitely could make them more dynamic as far as scoring touchdowns and finishing off drives. So, yeah, I personally, you know, I used to always favor the big-bodied wide receivers, maybe, but over like the last four or five years, some of these guys who are mm-hmm. just – smaller and more explosive. And I think the game is changing where speed now is such a priority that, yeah, I do understand why, you know, maybe sometimes people think size doesn't matter as much when it comes to wide receivers. But Johnson's a guy who extremely productive, knows where the end zone is, third down can keep drives moving. And with the running game, you expect the Ravens to still have. Uh, They need a guy sometimes on third down when they can't run for the first to make that play, to keep the chain moving, and to help a guy like Mark Andrews, another outside guy who's a big target, and quarterbacks love big targets. He's the guy that, you know, maybe the Ravens are thinking that way. It's, again, there's all flavors of wide receivers in this group this year. Uh, speed guys, 
He's a big body guy. It wouldn't shock me if Johnston is, is the guy they pick, but my gut feeling is that if one of these other guys is available, that would be the way they would lean. Yeah, That's and also yeah, the other thing too with Johnston is is it, I think he, so he didn't he's another guy who not, did not run the forty at the combine, and I think when you have that size speed, he's not slow at all. And their pro day TCU's pro day is coming up next week, so if he were to go out there and run a really nice time at his pro day, now all of a sudden. You, you put yourself in the category where a team's just going to get enamored with that size-speed combination and say, that's too good to pass up. For all the reasons that you just said, yeah. somebody will say, you know what, I'll take a chance on having you know, a, a big, fast receiver who I think I can mold into something special. Yeah, Matt, DK Metcalf. Too. Right, exactly. He has things that you can't teach. Right. And so there will be somebody, if he goes out there and runs a great time. If he doesn't, then maybe he's available for the Ravens and they have a decision to make um, You know, when they're sitting there at 22. So... Um, it, it's it's going to be really. I, I'll be I'll be really curious to see what Jeremiah has to say uh, when we get a chance to talk with him later this week because I just think that he's going to have interesting perspective. He's going to all these pro days right now, so all these scouts, you know, basically what's happening right now behind the scenes. Well, of course, there's the free agency piece, and so Eric DaCosta is you know working the phones and and handling that piece of the equation. But a lot of the Ravens scouts they're on the road at these pro days, and so these pro days are happening all over the country right now. So they're talking with coaches, they're meeting with this meeting with these players. Uh, they go through that process. Then there's a point where there's the 40 visits. So every team has 40 visits they can conduct between now and the draft, uh, where players come to the facilities, meet with coaches, meet with scouts, meet with the GM, um, and you get a feel for those players. Um, and so, like. Once the pro days and those visits are concluded, then you go through another process of really finalizing the draft board, and that's it's still in the informa- information gathering stage right now. So um, it's it's going to be it's going to be a fun few weeks here. All right, before we go, I do want to get to a question. Uh, as always, you can email us at the lounge uh, at ravens.nfl.net. All right, the question comes from David Ori, who says, "I've listened to the show but never actually emailed." I can't wait for draft season. Draft season is basically here, David. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he also says he's not just talking the NFL draft, but makes comeback in draft performances. You know, so <laughs> barbecue draft, summer draft, uh, Halloween candy draft, Christmas cookie draft. Make loses all of them. And so I'm sorry, David. He's There's no comeback that's taking place. Bank can't draft. Uh, but he says, I teach in Connecticut, um, and I account for at least one Ravens victory by implementing Purple Fridays in his school. So he has a bunch of Patriots and Giants and Jets fans there. But on Fridays up in Connecticut, David wow. wears purple and uh, makes sure that everybody knows he's rooting for the Ravens. So I appreciate that, David. Um, so the question here is, is he had a couple of different questions, but one of them is, do you think the Ravens are taking unnecessary heat for not being as involved in the early part of free agency here? Um, also says, I think the Ravens should get credit for um, claiming Trayvon Mullen, former second-round pick, a uh, cornerback. Um, you know, he thinks they should get some credit for that. But basically, do you think the Ravens are taking heat unnecessarily for not being active in the early days of free agency? Maybe, but I mean, it's, it's understandable. To me... Most fans want to see their team do something as soon as free agency starts. It's only natural. I mean, you see these guys out here and you mm-hmm. want them to jump, but you have to be realistic. And thinking big picture, even though the Ravens usually have done something by now, they aren't generally the team that goes crazy right when free agency begins. And they do a great job, I think, of putting their roster together piece by piece and using the entire offseason 
to build their roster. So they're not in panic mode. Um, I think, again, I think by the end of uh, August, when it's time to play, the Ravens will have addressed a lot of their needs. But judging by what's going on with, you know, the Lamar situation and the players that are available, this was not going to be a year where they were going to dive into the pool right away. Mm-hmm. They're going to let other people test the water and then later on uh, dive in with strategic moves. So, no, uh, hang in there. Keep wearing your purple on Fridays up there in New England. <laughs> I respect that. And, uh, yeah, I think the Ravens, yeah, when it's all said and done, as usual, they'll have a team that, you know, when they step on the field, will feel like they they can contend. You know, I think that this is worth pointing out, like, the first week of free agency, it's fun. You see the movement that's taking place, and there's lots of headlines, and it's exciting. You know, it's a little bit like the draft in that sense that, like, everybody is excited about the potential of adding new pieces to your team. And so if you're not in the action, right? It, it, you just – you're – it's disappointing because you're not part of the conversation Absolutely. necessarily. You know, everyone's talking about uh, the new toys and you're not necessarily you able to, any, right? you don't have any doping, right? <laughs> right. Um, but I think that you bring up a couple of good points, which is one, historically speaking, the Ravens have not been a team that's like always in the initial days. I think they have done that in the past few years. I mean, Marcus Williams was a monster signing last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you go back through their history and they've sat out, you know, free agency. And, and DaCosta basically said this at the, season review press conference you know over a month ago like we're not going to be signing guys left and right when the free agency doors open the other thing i think is worth pointing out is like when you look at look at the two teams that were in the super bowl last year the eagles and the chiefs last year at this time everyone in kansas city was talking about trading tyree kill so it was like not only do you not (laughs) you weren't making a big addition but you were trading away one of your best three players and how are you going to come back from that? And this was, you know, it's easy to have a revisionist history, but this is right after the Chiefs, you know, lost in the AFC Championship, right. and you're wondering, are they going to get back? And they end up, and Tyreek Hill's gone. Obviously a massive blow to that team. They end up winning the Super Bowl. You look at the Eagles, and some of the biggest moves that they made to that team didn't happen until later. They make the A.J. Brown trade on draft day. So, like, Everyone, you know, you can tell me, all your friends in Philly, I don't know what mm-hmm. they were saying at this time a year ago, but the A.J. Brown trade goes down on draft weekend, and so it's it's easy to forget that that didn't happen right, right. on the first day of free agency. Right. You know, another big signing that they made was James Bradbury. That didn't happen until the middle of May. So it's like James Bradbury, you end up getting a great player who they just re-signed mm-hmm. because he had such a good season, and that was a move that didn't happen for two months from now. Mm-hmm. So I just think that like you got to look at the the whole picture. Point, Games yeah. don't start getting played until September, and I and and Eric DaCosta and the Ravens are looking at every avenue to try to improve this team. Right, and I think that I think it's important to keep that in mind. Yeah, and they have a lot of talent already to yeah, work with. Totally. I mean, it's where the depth we've seen how important depth is. I said this last week. The last couple of years, unfortunately, with injuries, particularly you know the twenty twenty one season. But, yeah, I mean, the Ravens still have a deep roster with a lot of players who are used to winning, know how to win, and a coaching staff that is used to winning and knows how to win. So, yeah, it's going to be a offseason that requires patience. Uh, I've said that after the season ended, that, you know, this offseason is going to test 
a lot of people's patience mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of different reasons. So we're in the midst of that now. And then with five draft picks, to me that's another unusual aspect too. With only five draft picks, which is definitely low for the Ravens, there's not as much you know flexibility and maneuverability up and down the draft board this this time around in the draft. So it'll be interesting to see what they what they do. They do need to get it right when it's time to pick and get some players who will be counted on to help them next season. But with their track record, I think that's what's going to happen. All right, as always, you can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lounge Podcast. Also, don't forget to check out our other new podcast feed, which is the Ravens Press Pass, uh, when there are press conferences and interviews taking place. Um, those will be posted in their entirety in the Ravens Press Pass feed, so go ahead and make sure that you subscribe to that feed as well. Send us those emails to the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back with you again soon. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.